Welcome to episode 74 of the Plus One Player Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Steven. As always, I am joined by the lore connoisseur himself, Matt Martinez. Howdy. How are those Skittles, buddy? They're good. I'm trying not to chew them yep. into the microphone. Yep. Bad timing on that one. <laughs> and this week, we're joined once again by the man who always has the high ground, Matt O'Neill. How are you today, Matt? Oh, I'm swell, Steve. Good to be back. It's great to have you back. We've been all over the place with the rotation the past uh, like month, I feel like, just all types of scheduling, and I noticed you don't have Skittles in your mouth, so I appreciate the prepa- like just your preparation for this episode, where so you ate prepared. your Skittles hours so before prepared. this. Are you a commentator on like a news show? It's good to be back, Steve. <laughs> it's good to be back. Maybe he's just it's happy to be back. <laughs> Hey, we're happy to have the you. The governor of Ohio's here. Oh, it's good to be I back, I can't Steve. say enough good things about you. How's the wife? You know, something that you just put in the water here at Plus One Player makes it tough to leave, you know? Oh, my God. Just all those nice just mannerisms. So how has your week been? I noticed, Matt, uh, Martinez, you're a little sick. You, you might have caught some of the PAX plague. How are you feeling? I Well, I stayed home from work yesterday, and I think my body just, like, shut down from like the whole afternoon i was like in and out of sleep yeah but that made me feel a little better today so i think uh i feel i'm on an upward trend which is good you look terrific if that's any consolation and matt o'neill what have you been up to it's been it's been so long i feel like i think the last time we chatted was the 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 infamous episode 69 (laughs) the the legendary episode 69 it was the last time i was on for sure wow it's been a while yeah Good to be back. Good to be back. Good to be back. I don't know. Same, mostly same. I, I, a little bit sick as well. Most oh man. Of, well, no, like I'm like it was mostly last week was my sick. Yeah. But I get a little bit of that post nasal drip. Oh but, yeah. You know the old PND. The old, the old a, PND. I know. I know that peened. life. I know that life. <laughs> one one swig of the neti pot and it's all better though. Ew. <laughs> He's yeah. not doing do it you, on do air. Do you have a neti pot? I, I don't. I used to knock the neti pot so hard, and then I used one. Ew! Oh, yeah, and then I then I used one, and holy shit. I endorse, if it works, it's an, it works, an endorsement you know? for the neti oh, pot. N- <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> I won't lie. It's gross. Oh, it, yeah. There's but no way like, it wouldn't be, but hey, when the sinuses whatever, are bad, you got to do whatever you got to do. It's like popping a zit if I had that. <laughs> We watched Dr. This, Pimple Popper. Oh, on Paxies, yeah, you, you and Kate were mentioning that. So this episode has started off just perfectly. I'm very excited. If you've noticed that too. Manny is not here, it's because he's actually trapped inside of a neti pot while he's popping pimples. It's a weird Ew! thing he's doing, but he's out there, so we wish him the best That's of luck. disgusting. It is. I told life. him don't do it. I told him just just stop, but he was like, I got to do it, man. I got to hop in the neti pot, and like those pimples go need popping. Yeah, so go I'm going in. While he's doing that. Clearly, we have to keep the house clean because it's disgusting. So please follow us on social media. We are at Plus One Player on Twitter and Instagram, and that's at Plus the Number One Player. And head on over to Facebook.com slash Plus One Player. So go check out all the social media sites to keep you up to date of what's going on on the website, which, of course, is Plus One Player.com. Head on over there for all of our articles, all of our podcast links, and, of course, all of the new PAX East videos that we have. So we got a bunch of interviews on the website and on our YouTube channel. We don't have a like a YouTube channel link that's, you know, named after us yet because we don't have enough subscribers. So 
if you'd be just a bunch of peaches, go on over to that YouTube channel and subscribe to us. So maybe we can eventually get youtube.com slash plus one player as well. And so also on the website, you'll find links to our Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash plus one player. Kate, as we're speaking, is streaming some Return of the Oberdin. So Matt, I know you played that before. So this is becoming a, a P1P favorite as we kind of, wow, it, it makes its way through the ranks of the team. It's so good. go on, check out twitch.tv slash plus one player. And of course, on the website and the Twitter bio, you can find a link to the Discord. So come on and join the community. We're having great conversations all the time. We got to hang out with some of them at PAX East. It was a blast. So please go on and click that link to join the community. Unless, of course, you're racist, in which case we would not want to hang out with you at PAX or any con for that matter. So go fuck yourself. And after all that, if you've enjoyed the content, if you've enjoyed hanging on the Discord, think of heading on over to patreon.com slash plus one player. And if you're feeling generous, throw us a buck or two because every dollar you throw us will go right back to the show to make it the best podcast it could possibly be. We have an awesome group of supporters and we'd love it if you would join that group. And of course, can't finish up housekeeping without mentioning the biggest Patreon supporter. And that's the sponsor of the show, Nerdiest Brands. But I'll tell you about that later and it'll be a little bit different this episode because we actually have a special request from our sponsor so we'll tell you all about that before the topic of the podcast so the house is now clean no popped pimples in sight no oh. sinus goo <laughs> streaming down the neti pot that manny controls but oh. episode 74 we have some fun things to talk about i feel like this will be kind of a, a light a more light-hearted episode where we actually have a pretty solid conversation and we have a fun game to kick it off just like always so matt martinez please tell us what is on the agenda for episode 74 on the agenda is a little guest arrival donna d is on her way she's in the elevator it's been so long Uh, it's been so long so she's gonna lead us in coffee talk and then we're going into our topic of the pod which is a discussion on loot shooters which i guess that's the term yeah, they, they haven't thought of anything better, so we'll go with that. Yeah, I like <laughs> I it. I think it is the official term. Since they've risen in popularity lately, and a few just came out, or are coming out soon, so we're going to discuss our favorite loot shooters, why we like shooters, uh, why we like loot shooters, and then we're going to go into an indie spotlight where uh, we've done this once before previously, uh, where we're going to talk about in um, one or two indie games that we really like lately, uh, that we've been playing uh, and highlight those four are at home audience yeah all right oh here's donna oh she's in oh. she's here coffee talk donna donna donna's here donna d is here wow <laughs> it took a while <laughs> jesus yeah, what was she doing <laughs> well hello everyone i'm your favorite 6.30 a.m. conversationalist Donna D. And I'm here to host Coffee Talk with our two lovely guests, Stephen and Matthew. Your parents must be so proud. You've turned out to be two lovely gentlemen. What a catch you both are. <laughs> well, Coffee Talk is the rapid-fire conversation game where each contestant will be given their opinions on a variety of topics that your host, Donna D., that's me, has picked out for them. <laughs> Well, let's get started. I've got to go meet the girls. We're going out east for a bachelorette party, and I'm going to drink a little too much Pinot Grigio at the Contra Costa Vineyards then pass out in the back of the bus. <laughs> Jeez, what a weekend. <laughs> All righty. You each have 30 seconds to respond to these topics. So, 
Steven, let me get my time out. All right. It's on 30 minutes. I don't want that. That's when I was taking my beauty rest earlier. Yeah, it's a good, solid nap. All righty. First topic. Ready? Yes. Dark Souls or Sekiro? I am a fan of neither. I haven't played uh, pretty much any of the From Software games. I actually just downloaded Bloodborne again last night because I think I'm getting to the point where I do want to try it. So you know what? I'm actually just going to play Bloodborne because that's the one that I have for free and it's on my system and that's the one I'm probably going to play. Well, that didn't answer the question and you (laughs) answered early. (laughs) All right, Matthew. Dark Souls or Sekiro, go. Okay. Uh, unfortunately my answer is going to be very similar to steve's uh i'm not a fan of the the souls born uh games i tried really hard i genuinely tried very hard to get into them i got dark souls 3 i bought it because i heard it was a little more accessible than the other two entries and after 45 minutes i just i gave up I didn't want to do it anymore. I had no, I wasn't having fun and I didn't feel like it. So I guess Dark Souls. Well, that's your time. <laughs> At least you answered the question. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steven, right now, are you more interested in indie games or AAA games? Go. That one is very difficult. I. I'm going to have to go with AAA games just because I know Days Gone is coming out in a couple weeks. Very interested in that. And then I know, like, Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us Part Two, like, that's all on the horizon. Dreams is hanging out, about to pop out, too. So, like, uh, I feel like indie games I kind of stumble upon as opposed to get, like, really hyped for. Whereas AAA games, I kind of, you feel that hype just because of the marketing. So I'm going to go AAA. Oh, and you answered with three seconds to spare. Love indie games, but... The hype for AAA just kind of, I don't know. It builds. It builds. Well, that's past your time, so we're deleting that. I won't. (laughs) Uh, All right, Matthew, are you more into indie games or AAA games right now? Go. Right now, I have to say I'm definitely more into indie games. Uh, I can't remember the last time I got super hyped about a AAA release. I mean, I I think the last one I... Metro was probably the last one I played. But I, I've been playing some really good indie games recently, and we'll get to that later. Uh, but the thing with indie games is I feel like I've never wasted money on an indie game. Mm. Like, you know, when yeah. you, on average you're paying 20 bucks, whereas you're wasting like 60 bucks on a AAA game that you're only going to play for 45 minutes, it's a waste. Oh! <laughs> at the buzzer. Call back to Dark Souls 3. <laughs> <laughs> paid full <laughs> price for it. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, alrighty, next question. Steven, Bagel Bites or Totino's Pizza Rolls? Go. Man, that's a fantastic question. I am... I'm going to rock with the pizza rolls, though. There's just something about that delicious little pizza pocket that when you bite into it, and that first bite is always way too hot because it's just been cooking in there and the steam flies out, but you're still just like, I need to pop this in my mouth as soon as it gets out of that oven. And you got to put it in the oven. Microwave, not as good. Soggy, mm, need that crispness, but pizza rolls for the win, for sure. All righty. Matthew. Oh, no. Same question. Totino's pizza rolls or bagel bites go. Oh, I'm going to have to go with Totino's Pizza Rolls. I don't like either of them. Oh, wow. (laughs) I don't. That was unexpected. But the Totino's has, like, it seems more, like, schlubby eating Totino's Pizza Rolls. (laughs) So I kind of like it based on that because 
I feel like you just have to have no shame eating Totino's pizza rolls, and I respect that. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. What an angle. <laughs> what an angle on that one. Fun, quick aside about Totino's pizza rolls is one. I'll allow it. I think it was at one of our parties that we had here with one of my old roommates, Greg. And he, we're, we're all like fucking drunk and hungry, and we're like, hey, let's just make up some pizza rolls. And he put like the whole bag on a plate, and he was going to microwave it for 10 minutes. And we were like, dude, what are you doing? He goes, oh, yeah, but I did the math and like that many. No. I, I was like, no, 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 no. Oh it's like, that's not how pizza rolls work. So we immediately stopped. Explode. They would have all exploded. I've never so microwaved luckily I anything it. for 10 minutes. Oh, yeah, it was no. insane. What, what would happen? <laughs> we didn't find would, out because... It would grow legs. It was the whole bag. Like, it was it was the Become whole bag sentient. pizza rolls. So if, if it if it went haywire, then we lose out on all those pizza rolls. And where are you going to get pizza rolls? Oh, I guess 7-Eleven probably has pizza rolls at 2 a.m. But I digress. <laughs> we stopped the pizza roll tragedy of 2017. Save the world. We did. <laughs> my strategy for eating them hot is you bite the corners. Yeah. Bite the little corner to see how hot it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to do it. Alrighty. Last one. Outer Worlds, Borderlands 3, or Rage 2? Steven, go. I think I'm more excited for Outer Worlds just because I'm most... I think I'm the most intrigued by that. I know what to expect with Borderlands. I never really played Rage 1. Like, Rage 2 looks cool. I'll probably play. I just don't have, like, a lot of excitement for it. But Outer Worlds, I'm very interested because it's by the original creators of, like, Fallout and Fallout New Vegas, and both of those are really good. The aesthetic looks really cool. And just the whole concept of, like, it's kind of an alien world, but it's not like that alien world we've been seeing so much lately where it's, like, the typical alien. So, Outer Worlds for me. Hmm. Steven, you heard it here first, doesn't like typical aliens. <laughs> That's just the worst. <laughs> <laughs> righty, Matthew. Outer Worlds, Borderlands 3, Rage 2, go. Um, I think uh, Steve put it put it pretty good there i am excited i'm very very excited for borderlands 3 but i also like i do know what to expect i think it's it's gonna be more of like what you loved in the other borderlands it's and i'm looking forward to that but i'm also always looking to get something you know a little different a little new and i think uh, outer worlds is definitely gonna deliver on those fronts Hmm. well that's been coffee talk i'm donna d I got to go meet the girls in the Ronkonkoma L-I-double-R parking lot. So, see you later. She's so nice, isn't she? She I is. She's such a joy to have. It's tough. Always like, a pleasure when she comes by. We kind of have to get her and Larry Rudabake in a room together. I feel like they'd hit it off. Did she take her heels oh off? Oh, my God. I didn't hear her walking away. Oh, she's, oh there, she, there she goes. <laughs> yeah, she put on her slippers to get comfortable. I keep a pair here for her. That's so nice of you. I mean, she because at this point, like I said with Larry, like we gotta we have her on salary at this point. Like she's a frequent visitor. Larry, we still got to book in advance. Yeah, he's pretty popular. He's he's getting even more popular. But that was a great time. Very happy to see Donna again. And before we get into the topic of the podcast, like I mentioned, we have a little request from our good friends at Nerdiest Brands to let you guys know about MRPG Chat. And MRPG Chat is an app where you can play RPGs with your friends on the go. You're able to chat, use sheets, and even do dice rolls. So what you can do is you play RPGs with your friends anytime, anywhere with MRPG. Players participate in the game when they can without having to find a timetable that everyone is available at the same time and without having to spend a great deal of time to devote to an RPG adventure. Create RPG campaigns and invite your friends to play, and you can even play in multiple campaigns at the same time 
with different game groups. So head on over to the App Store on Apple or Google Play and go check out MRPG Chat. It is a free chat app. So get chatting and start rolling some virtual dice with your friends. Back over to you, Matt. All right. Well, we're going to talk about our topic of the pod, which are loot shooters. I think we've all played a variety of them. And the ones that have been out most recently are, of course, Division 2, Destiny 2, Anthem, and then coming out quite soon is Borderlands 3, which is September, right? Yep. And I feel September like September of this year. Yeah, because like Borderlands, I feel like, is like one of the, the OGs, you know? Mm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But, okay, so let's start there because yeah. I wanted, did want to bring that up. Like, where did these come from? Why is it first-person shooter? Why is it first-person shooter looters are so popular now? Well, I guess Division Two is not first-person. Well, neither is Anthem. So never mind. Shooters. Shooter. Yeah, let's backtrack. <laughs> um, because originally it was all RPGs, like yeah. Diablo, Diablo Two, World of Warcraft, EverQuest. Yeah, so like it all it all started with like MMOs and RPGs. Those are the loot heavy games. Like Diablo 2 really took it to another level with yeah. with drops and like you were always trying to find like the different sets that you could get that would give you bonuses and things like that. And then I feel like MMOs took it to the next level. Like you really were grinding in WoW at yeah. a level that uh, I don't I don't think you were in Diablo 2. I think people now or even you know more recently or years after that we're, we're grinding in in diablo 2 but, but i feel like wow really pushed it to the next level there were like tiered sets armors that you could get and all those different things and i can't i was trying to think of like the first quote-unquote loot shooter to sort of come out of all this and like was it destiny i don't know well because Destiny came out in what 2014. I think like the original yeah. Borderlands. When did that come I think, out? Cause, oh, cause that I, was probably before yeah, it. Yeah, Borderlands came out on PS3 and 360. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Borderlands like came out or something. October 20th, 2009. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking ten wow. years ago. Oh my god. That's the first one I remember, at least. I don't know many like shooters that were doing it, and I feel like it was almost yeah, like I really can't pin anything. Because shooters, you had like. You had the Halos, the Call of Duties, the Battlefield. That's not about looting. Yeah. Nope. Not if, at all. If I could, those were yeah. like the more mainstream mm. ones. Mm -hmm. If if we yep. could trace the evolution, I want to say it's it could go back to when RPGs started to like go into first person. If you look at like Elder Scrolls, they were like one of the like they started doing like it's an RPG, but it was in first person, so you could you know, yeah. had a first person point of view. And then, like, Fallout 3 came out, and that was, like, the Fallout universe. So you had guns, and it was, like, a shooter, but it was more of, it was still, like, an RPG kind of thing. Yeah. And I think, like, as it kind of progressed, someone was like, what if we had, like, like a straight-up shooter, but we add more of these RPG elements into it? So, you know, like, you know, grinding for, you know, picking up loot, blah, blah, blah. And I, I think borderlands might have been the first one to kind of like hit like the sort of formula that's basically what we see today yeah because mm -hmm. yeah because also had multiplayer as well like that's like a big thing with loot shooters now is like the cooperative sort of 
play. Right. Yeah. And if we're if we're wrong, give us a call three four seven five zero nine five six two zero. But honestly, I feel th- I've as far as I can remember, I feel like Borderlands was the first one to really kind of branch out into that field, at least on mm. the like, the mainstream. Because you kind of see, like, all the successful franchises. Like, Call of Duty was a monster back then. Like, Modern Warfare had already released. It it was critically acclaimed. Everybody loved it. Halo was Halo. So, like, everybody loved Halo. And so you had just the smoothness and the fluidity of first-person gunplay. And they're like, how can we combine those MMORPG elements to now rope in that crowd? And then, so Borderlands comes out. But they have their own unique style where it's not this like polished crystal clear like super hd looking game it's cell shaded it looks like a comic book but the mm-hmm. characters are super entertaining the writing is clever well done it keeps you laughing it keeps you engaged and it keeps you wanting to progress the story and actually gain all that new loot so it like set that kind of precedent where it's like all right this is kind of how to do it and then you saw other games like vanilla destiny was kind of like eh. the original story was it was what it was you know it, it felt kind of basic and then with the taken king it really took off you know, as yeah. i could say and so you kind of saw that the story and like the characters weren't that r- gripping in destiny you, you didn't feel that you know the same thing that you felt in borderlands not i'm saying at first like over over time now with destiny destiny's figured out ways to deliver <sighs> their lore and like tell their story and they've gotten much better at it but at first, it wasn't anything like what Borderlands was doing. Borderlands was like telling a story and giving you a reason to play cooperatively with your friends and keep grinding to get better and ranking up and like taking on new bosses. And so like that is the thing that you know kind of drives a lot of people into these types of games. Like Division Two does it really well. They they reward you for your grinding. Like when you're doing missions, you're getting an exceptional amount of loot after every haul. Whereas I think Anthem failed in that aspect, at least originally. Yeah. I, I, admittedly, I just deleted it off my system because I'm just like, well, <laughs> well. At, at this point, like, I needed to make room for other games because I know I'm not going to go back to it until they release like a new, you know, big content push where there's That's like actually new things to play, and yeah. because like. I'm into the Division 2 right now, so that's kind of really taking my attention for that loot shooter genre. And the Division 2, I think, is just all around just a more fun experience than what Anthem was. Uh, There's a lot of things to unpack but um, that I want to circle back to. Yes. There's this uh, this good article on... um, it's an okay article it's on okay. PC. We take that <laughs> back. It's not overhyped, this article. On PC Gamer called Investigating the Origin of the Looter Shooter. And... One of the things they mention is, you know, just like we said, Diablo 2. And then one of the project leads of Diablo 2 made Hellgate London um, in 2007. And says Hellgate was more like Diablo 2's online mode with a shared hub from which to launch randomized missions. And then there was another game from Richard Garriott of Ultima fame, Tabula Rasa. Uh, which was more like an MMO at the height of its popularity. Um, both sought to blend shooter gameplay with action RPG style, random loot and stat based character progression. I've heard of Hellgate London. I've never played it. I've not heard of Tabula Rasa. And so also I have not played it. It'd be interesting to hear from maybe any listeners who have played those games and how they sort of bridge the gap um, because that was 2007. And then Borderlands, like we said, is 2009, which I think really did cement the looter shooter genre, yeah. or at least gave it a starting point. Um, the article also mentions Warframe, 
which was was 2013 when I think they went free to play. I've played Warframe. I think it's actually a little lighter on the shooting. Like it's not as, you know, like Destiny 2, like you feel like you're playing a shooter. I think when you play, at least when I play Warframe, don't necessarily feel like I'm playing a shooter, like a hardcore shooter. Yeah, it's more like a character. But that's a good one to mention because yeah, because it's definitely loot based. So yeah, it looks like that's sort of the progression. But definitely origins in those RPG games. Definitely Diablo, I'd point to. And um, interesting too because all of this, all of the like generation of being interested in looting things and getting new items to like put onto your character. I mean, it all goes back to like tabletop games, yeah. you know, like D and D. You're you're going around like killing things to get better loot. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a story there that you're following and can be motivated by. But one of the like compelling parts of D and D as well is like, you know, you are leveling up your character, getting new abilities, and as you do so, you're also getting new items for your character to use with different. You know, some can have spells on them yeah. and spell uses and, you know, that's so like anything that has been built in a video game really has its origins in tabletop. So it's interesting to see how it's transcended into video games yeah. and how, I don't know, how we, maybe we're not even when we're playing a video game, we're not even aware of that connection. I know. I, I definitely wouldn't think of it off the top of my head because I think of it as just like character progression in video games in general. Because like even when games aren't necessarily like the, the loot shooter type grind where you're always trying to like pick up, you know, new pieces of equipment and things of that nature. There's still plenty of games where there's like, you know, skill perks or ranking, you know, different trees and things like that where you have to unlock different skills. Yeah. I think, like you said, though, the most appealing thing for these games is that drive to be like, all right, you know, I got this pretty awesome gun. I like like assault rifles are my my go-to these are like my favorite ones so I have a pretty powerful one and then it's kind of that grind to get the next powerful one as you rank up in character you're trying now to get a better version of that gun that you had because you're most comfortable with it but then it also kind of forces you out of your comfort zone because you start you know finding different weapons that are stronger than what you currently have but maybe it's you know a shotgun or a pistol or you know a hand cannon as destiny calls them and you're not necessarily as comfortable with those so it kind of forces you to try like different layouts i feel like which i don't think you get in a lot of different games just you know just like regular shooters because i think in a regular shooter you kind of just fall into your comfort zone and you just stick with it from start to finish so I, that's one of my favorite aspects about these games is that it does kind of test you in, in, in terms of like, all right, you're playing really well this way, but here's the thing. We're not going to, you know, randomly generate that assault rifle that you need for another maybe six levels. So for those six levels, you're not going to stick with a lower powered weapon when you keep finding stronger weapons that don't necessarily fit how you like to play. So it can be frustrating, but it can also... I guess make you better at the game in certain ways because you start getting better with all the things that the game has to offer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also like, sorry, Matt. I was saying, unless that game's Anthem and you can just use yeah, the, the basic <laughs> assault rifle for the whole game. That's true. <laughs> that's a very good exception to the rule. <laughs> I would like to pose a question to the group. Okay. <laughs> Why do you think we play looter shooters? Like, why. Why are we playing them? And why do we want to play them? I think just people like being rewarded. There's like an element of like, because with like loot shooters, it's like you're constantly being rewarded somehow. Even if it's not something like 
great. You're like, oh, some sh- these weapons are kind of garbage. You're getting something. And I think there's like some part yeah. of like your brain where you're just like, oh, I'm getting stuff. I'm doing something. I'm accomplishing something. I'm, you know, look at, I got all this stuff. Maybe it's not great, but like something in you is saying like, oh, this is fun. I'm, I'm mm. getting like, I'm progressing somehow. Yeah, because, like, even on top of that, say, like you said, you just got a bunch of junk weapons. All right, cool, scrap them or sell them, and then you can use that to either craft new weapons or buy new weapons. I just feel like there's always, like, something little to do. Yeah, you're always getting something. Yep. Mm. And and I know, like, that's a big part of it for me is that there is always like, – you just feel like you're always needing to do something, whether it's do a side mission or – the various different side, you know, main missions or little outposts or strongholds that these games will have. So, like, you do those little side activities to keep yourself distracted. Then just the random events that'll pop up in those worlds, those are always fun. And, of course, I love the aspect where, like, you can hop in these games with friends. Like, I think, because I'm not really big into, like, competitive you know pvp like i'll pick yeah. up you know pvp modes here and there like i still battlefield 5 install just because me and some friends will play like a round or two every now and then but i really enjoy these pve games like i love squatting up with somebody and actually being able to like accomplish missions together as opposed and like you're just facing an ai as opposed to like having to worry about like somebody who's put in you know hundreds of hours and is really good and you're like you're getting stuck in one of those lobbies where you're clearly the least talented one in there so it's just not that fun so i I love the pve aspect so i just feel like there's always something to do there's always something to keep your keep yourself kind of preoccupied yeah and the games are very much designed to be played with a group of people yeah, like a loot shoot. If you're not playing right. a loot shooter with like a group of people, you're missing out on like seventy five percent of what makes yeah, the I, game fun. I do have to give them credit because all of the ones I've played, they all have pretty solid matchmaking. Like Division Two is really good at it. Like if you go to a main mission, you hit matchmaking and you you squad up immediately. Anthem was actually really good at it when you would do a mission. If you weren't already in a squad, it would just automatically dump you into uh, um, a group with randoms. I haven't played T- Destiny 2 in so long, but from what I remember... It's not good. It's not good? <laughs> well, I remember the PvP the, was terrible. The PvP yeah, is like so the PvP bad. The PvP is horrible. But the regular stuff is okay. Yeah, where yeah. they put... Yeah, the strikes and stuff is fine. Yeah, see, that's what I was talking about. Because I, I remember... I, yeah. I actually just saw somebody... Uh, I forget who it was. They were on Twitter basically saying, can we just get rid of PvP and Destiny just all together? Like, just get rid of it. It's just unbalanced. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It, it's it could be good. It could be. It's but you're right. It's like woefully unbalanced. Yeah, but yeah. why do you, why do you like what appeals to you in these games? Me? Well, yeah, because you asked the question. Poser. You asked the question to us. Now we're reflecting back to you. I don't answer the you. questions. You can't do that. Oh, I I did it, pal. <laughs> Who do you think you are, Larry Rudabiga? <laughs> I. <laughs> I think that there's like a carnal human desire (laughs) (laughs) that's gonna be the tagline of this episode carnal human desires (laughs) to like progress in some way right yep it's why we go to school yeah or learn a carnal human desire it's exactly like this there's just like this uh this positive feedback loop of like earning something better yeah and I think that's what happens when you play this style of game. I think that's one of the main reasons that Anthem rubs so many people the wrong way, too, is because you couldn't see your loot until after the mission. 
That shit's and annoying. And they want the reward right? immediately. That's a the big, best thing wow. in Division Two though that. is when you scoop up like you know some new armor or a new weapon. You you go to cover and you're like, oh shit, this one's way better than the thing I got now. And you quickly equip it and you get whatever bonus it has added onto you right away. And, and yep. obviously the loading screens on Anthem can go fuck themselves. So. That also made it shitty because then you had to wait through like three different loading screens to finally see what you went home with, and then oh. you had to put it on and then go out and test it again and see oh, if you liked it. Point, if that didn't work, yeah, it's just so many loading see, screens. Steve is the perfect example of this carnal human desire. <laughs> Explain your desire to me. How badly yeah. did you want that? Well, yeah, it's because I definitely because I've played all of these goddamn games at this point. And um, yeah, it's it's tough because like I love Destiny two after the the vanilla release. I loved Forsaken, like that content was great. And uh, I met some new friends at uh, PAX East that are actually going to play it on PS four, so I might actually be able to play more of that content because Kate still refuses Kate. to launch it. So I'm going to keep calling her out until she plays goddamn Destiny two with me. But I I do really enjoy the Division two. Like that game has just a really satisfying the the term these days that gets thrown out all the time is gameplay loop like everybody loves to use the gameplay loop term so i'll, I'll rock that just like for rocking a loot shooter because that's the term of the it's the hot term looter shooter loot looter shooter, shooter. shooter so i actually like loot shooter better i don't like yeah i don't like yeah, looter shooter i like looter shooter many no no yeah no. But, so hard pass on looter shooter we're sticking with loot shooter you heard it here first trademarked plus one player <laughs> I, I hate that they heard it. Here we first. didn't. They didn't. They did not hear it here first. Unless this is the first time they they've ever hear, listened to video game things. They did hear carnal human desire here. They first. did. So I think we could. Um, we could trade. That's a first. That one. That's. A but yeah, that was. That's the thing about Division Two. Is it really? It, it, it just grips me because there's always little things that you can do. It's not even just the main side missions or the actual campaign missions that you have to complete because there are obviously like those actually marked side missions that will give you like pretty good amounts of xp not as much as the main ones but they also give you like little bonuses but there's a ton of things to do within the world where there are control points that you can take over from the enemies and then it becomes a nice little safe spot for you where you can resupply yourself there's little just like bounties that you can do within the world the end game content i haven't got there yet but from everything that i've seen is really well done where it actually gives you a reason to want to keep playing and want to like enter the dark zone and do you know try to take down all the strongholds so it's one of those ones that the the gameplay was fluid the cover is great like using cover in that game is obviously vital but the ai is really what makes it because they're always adapting to what you're doing and so for a game because I, I feel like gamers all the time are like you know and so many of these first person shooters the AI is just dumb they just stand there they they go into cover they pop up they go into cover they pop up they never move as soon as you fire a bullet into a crowd in the division two every single enemy scatters in various directions behind cover and they are they just constantly keep moving so that is a nice little strategy element, and God, like I, I can't, I honestly can't say enough good things about that one. I thought that one is probably one of the more sound ones. They made a, they made enough improvements over the first one to really just kind of keep me going back to playing it. I'd like to pose another question. All right, the question master. <laughs> question master. Would you consider games like Fortnite and Apex Legends to be looter shooters? Since what you're literally doing in them is looting and then shooting. I consider those the Battle Royale. I mean, on paper, yes. 
Like gameplay wise, you're like you are like you know, kind of you're not really grinding in the sense that you wouldn't like, and like you know Borderlands or Destiny or something where you're like actually going mm-hmm. around, you're doing missions, you're picking that up, you're taking this back, you're selling this, blah blah blah. It's mm-hmm. it's more of like a very condensed like bare essentials version of like a looter shooter. Yeah, where it's like okay, it's you have a one match, you have one life. And you have to find all of these weapons. You have to find all these attachments, all these power-ups and yada yada. And you have to build your character, as it were, you know, to survive as long as you can. So, I would I would say yes. Depends on how broadly you define loot shooter. Yeah, this is, this is getting into hot dog sandwich territory. And uh, oh, civil I just, war I don't territory. Wanna, yeah, I don't want to spark that. Because, like, I, I feel like those are defined as battle royales. I feel like those kind of fit there. Oh, yeah, like, there. as more, like, I think more definitively they are, like, battle royales. But, I mean... Yeah, because, I mean, technically you're right. You're picking up loot and then shooting. But you're, like Matt O said, you're not, you're not like, keeping that. The only thing you're really ranking up for in those games is to get, like, skins. So, I don't know. I, th- I feel like it's different because, like, in, the, in, you know, Destiny, Borderlands division anthem all those you're trying to rank up your character to like get better gear and weapons yeah they're not what comes to mind when i think loot shooter yeah i think like they have elements and like similarities but yeah i think uh, so i actually have a question to pose to the mats (laughs) so i'm gonna take the mantle of question poser what is it that sets borderlands 3 apart so much from the rest of the field because we've talked about this topic in general um i know we've had various conversations like especially with anthem and destiny we're kind of riding high and so it's clearly a very saturated market like we've talked already now you know like 30 minutes about these so different saturated. games so it's very saturated there's a lot of high so profile saturated. games out and High so saturation. I remember before Borderlands 3 got announced, I saw some people were like, do, do people really need a Borderlands 3? But then, of course, all the Borderlands fans are like, yeah, we fucking need a Borderlands 3. So please give us one. So what is it that like Borderlands 3 does that really sets themselves apart? Because I know story's great. It's unique looking in the sense that it really doesn't look like any of these other games that we're playing or, or that we've already talked about. So what is it for you guys that kind of puts Borderlands 3 on its own little, I guess, island, maybe? I actually enjoy Borderlands, but I wouldn't... Uh, it doesn't. It's not set apart for me, okay. just because I actually enjoy Destiny 2 more than Borderlands. But I know what you're saying and that it's different. What I like about it is that it just overwhelms you with loot. It's true. <laughs> like it, it mm. takes looting to like another level that no other game really, I think goes to except like a path of exile or a Diablo where also like every enemy you kill just drops a ton of loot, but borderlands drops like a ton of like really good loot. And you're like always like deciding between guns or so many different, there's so much different variety. And for as far as I know, there's not like a meta either. So I think, that's a big thing too like yeah you can play with like any gun that's good that you're enjoying playing with we're in like destiny 2 there's a meta you need whisper of the worm to shoot the eyes off what the fuck's her name the dragon riven you need you know so you need that sniper rifle like there's guns that are better in pvp that are just better and so like there's metas in that game and 
I imagine there's probably a meta in the division. Um, oh yeah, assault rifle. Assault rifles are very handy. It's like assault rifles and light machine guns are very good because yeah, crowd. See. It's just like crowd control is so important in those games. Yeah, but I feel like in Borderlands, the thing that is fun about it is that there's so many guns and there's such a variety that you can just play with what you're having fun playing with. You don't have to worry about yeah. the best kit. This, and so that's this what was I really my, like that, about that it. Was, that was really like, I was going to mention that too. Because mm. like you said, like with Destiny, like everyone kind of gets pigeonholed into being like, okay, we got to have Whisper. Uh, oh, this hand cannon's good. You definitely need this hand cannon. Only use that one. It's better than the other. You know, use, you know, mm. that, that one shotgun that everyone uses. Whereas, yeah, with Borderlands, there's so many weapons and weapon configurations and varieties. It's essentially impossible to find someone with the same weapon loadout as you. Oh, yeah. Like, everyone's going to have something different. I feel like their original tagline was, like, so many fucking guns or something like that. It was, yeah, like, I remember the original <laughs> marketing material was so heavily, heavy on just, like, look at how many awesome guns you can play with. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, insane. But I think that also, what I was going to say, what I think sets it about, like, outside of, like, because, Steve, you talked about, like, how the world, like, people really like the story and kind of, like, the world yeah. and the characters, and, like, the the sort of sense of humor and the writing it brings, like I, I think like people really enjoy that because I think people don't want another like like the division like I'm not knocking the division or anything if you're having fun with it that's good but to me I look at that I'm just like oh it's another like army guy shooting bad guys oh yeah I don't it's, give a fuck about the story yeah I'm just kind of like oh, that <laughs> hasn't sucked me in it's just like you're just shooting dudes like it, that's actually like, also why I have not bought it's it it's like I don't care whereas For, like because of the story Borderlands is just this absolutely bananas completely ludicrous universe yeah it's like there's yeah. bandits there's mutants there's these aliens there's monsters there's people the bosses there's are robots. really cool it's, it's like in like the variety of enemies you come across is bananas and like in in, in destiny 2 like i like destiny 2 does like a good job even though like when you're kind of fighting the same like faction over and over it gets a little repetitive but at least they are there are like different like species to go against that add something yeah but i guess what i also wanted to say was my problem with loot shooters and that's what like a lot of like modern loot shooters is content because i feel like since like Mm. the first destiny like every single loot shooter that's come out has had a huge problem with like content on like Mm. release where like they just never have they're like they're always like oh we're gonna be releasing this stay tuned for this dlc and we're gonna be dropping a new yada yada you know down the road by the season pass and it's just like okay i guess i wait and i feel like when like like borderlands 2 like when that came out had so much Mm -hmm. like the base game had more than like destiny 1 and 2 combined in terms of like content and missions you could be doing like it just (laughs) yeah there's a lot yeah and then they have all this dlc for it yeah and then they came up with dlc that was like equivalent like almost equivalent to the base game in terms of like things and it's just like I guess I just miss games like coming out and being like, oh, I just need this. Yeah, I don't need mm. to wait for anything to come out. I don't need to buy something later down the road to make it like to feel fulfilled. I'm just like I have everything I need right here. Yeah, that's another thing I'd give credit to the Division Two for is they actually did have a substantial amount of content. I know tomorrow 
they're releasing even you know their first wave of like their free dlcs but like that was it, like you said that that was almost the exception to the rule at this point where division two comes out and there is a ton of stuff to do and once you beat the game it opens up this whole new world of endgame content that keeps people interested whereas when i beat anthem the first thing it tells you is pretty much like okay now you beat it here's your next technical main story and i do that in air quotes because the quest was literally just like do 50 strongholds do 50 of these things 50 of these things 50 of these things whatever it was and the strongholds thing kind of pissed me off because i'm like i think it was only 25 like clear 25 of them 50 was an exaggeration but still there are only three strongholds that you could play so you mean to tell me i have to play through these three fucking strongholds 25 times along with all the other things i have to do so like that's not like end game content that i want to do because like after i did the strong call i did each of them I was like all right those are fun but i don't want to keep doing them over and over and over again <laughs> and so mm. like you said like it was the same problem with destiny one uh, destiny one and two with their vanilla releases because once you beat the game it was a real grind it was basically every tuesday you would play the game for like five hours to get your additional good gear and then you just wouldn't touch the game for a week because there was no reason to go back and play anything else because you wouldn't get high enough ranked stuff to actually rank your guy up. Mm. Uh, yeah. So I agree. Like Borderlands, it, it does give you a lot of things to do because I remember Borderlands 2 is my first experience with the franchise. And within like 10 minutes, I had so many goddamn mission icons on my map just because like I just kept going and talking to people and like a new mission would pop up and you can go do it. And so that's something that, I really enjoy because it's like I said, the, the whole point of a lot of these is it's always giving you something to do. So they do a very good job at giving you a lot of things to do. Yeah. And even then, like some of the like more tedious missions is like, okay, like there's always like some sort of like little touch that they put on it. Yeah. Whether it's like, oh, this character wants you to do this. There's like some sort of joke involved or something, something like kind of humorous or funny involved in it. Even if oh, it's yeah. like kind of like a basically kill 10 of these mission. Yeah. Whereas I feel like like they at least attempted to like kind of cover it up with like, you know, some humor or some like some funny quip or something or like something like funny involving the backstory of a character. Whereas like with, you know, with like say in like Destiny where it's like put in like, oh, Guardian, we need you to kill six fallen warriors because they're <laughs> bad and we don't want them around here. That and wizard like, came from voices that. Zavala. That was actually really Whoa. good. <laughs> it is very good. Yeah, but it's just him telling you to like go kill them because they're there. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. I agree. All right. That's fun. Any uh any closing thoughts on looter shooters, perhaps where they're going? Any innovations we see in the future for them? I hope to God the innovation is just like people take more of a, a, a page out of Borderlands playbook where they put a real emphasis on the story because I really feel like I was going to say the same yeah, thing. Yeah, in a lot of these we just kind of get like, eh, stories and, and, and I know like Destiny 2 has done a much better job with how they tell their story lately and I'm that's the thing is I'm actually really interested to see like what Bungie can do you know, moving forward and you know, with an eventual Destiny 3 because let's be real, like there's no way they're not going to make another installment in that series. So I'm really curious to see like what they've learned and kind of how they put that into practice. Uh, but I, I'm I, I, like I'm just so sick of the same old <laughs> kind of feel, where it's just like oh bad guys swarms of bad guys gonna kill them, 
Like, great. Yeah. You, this why... is the final stronghold of humanity. You yeah, need to fight it, against just, the evil that is encroached on our land. <laughs> Before like it's too like, oh, see, we can make God. a plus one player yeah. bat like uh, loot shooter right now, and just make that be the tagline, and people be like, "Oh, all right, I'm interested." Yeah, and you have the same cast of characters. Like, I'm the general who's keeping this city together. I'm yeah. I'm I'm the spunky mechanic who's gonna help you out with your super yeah. gun. Oh, I'm, and the, I'm the yeah, I'm, I'm the, the quippy guy. Yeah, I'm the guy who's with all the quips. Who's always making jokes. Hey, it's me. I'm the fan favorite. The one. <laughs> I'm the sniper who's seen some shit and likes to isolate myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much exactly uh, yeah. So we can do that. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I like what Borderlands does because they really focus on creative writing, humor, and just like a lot of absurdity. Like, there's just so many things that'll make you go like, "What the fuck is that?" And in the best possible way. And so more of that because it's just unique. Like, give me more. Just uniqueness, I guess. I yeah, say. it's like memorable. Like it has like memorable, like memorable, memorable characters. Like give me that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like some some reason to care. I want a reason to care. Make like me if feel. if like wow, so and so in the deep. tower dies. It's like, oh. I want a reason to care. Yeah. Do you have any closing thoughts on yours? No, actually, it was going to be the same exact point. Is okay. that if loot shooters looked to where they originally got their inspiration from? It's RPGs, yep. so bring bring back the RPG elements and really let those flourish, and I think you could make a really fun, interesting, long-lasting game. So um, that's my advice. Take it. It'll cost you a million bucks. Fifty million dollars. <laughs> oh, like, I want a game that's like the world of, like, the world building... Of like Borderlands of combined Warcraft? with like, but combined with like the mechanics of Destiny. Oh my god, that'd be fantastic! I feel like Destiny is like mechanically the best loot shooter. Like yeah, by far, it's really good. Like it's, it's so not good. even close. I will say Anthem felt really good to control. Like I said, like the flying mechanics in Anthem is some of the most fun I had. Well, in they games. implemented that over one weekend, so I, I'm just saying, like for it's, it's really man. fun to fly around feeling like <laughs> Iron Man. And now it kind of makes me want to get a PSVR so I can play the Iron Man VR game, just because I had fun playing Anthem. I actually have heard some. This is completely aside. I heard some good things about that Iron Man VR game that it's like actually like this full game that does some cool shit. So I think I'm gonna buy a fucking PSVR the more I hear about this shit. <laughs> I'm going to have to do it. It sounds so fun. Imagine streaming that. Nope. Just my dumb face with a giant visor on it falling out the of my good chair. Thing, the good thing about VR is that everyone looks stupid with it That's on. true. If like, you nobody looks good with if it. If you look so cool wearing VR, then you're just like the a, coolest cat in the cave. I don't think I've seen anyone look cool wearing it, it I bet which you, makes it better. I bet That's you look cool true. wearing it. You yeah. know? I look stupid. It is like an equal opportunity, like dweebifier <laughs> the dweebifier everyone just looks like a goober with your big headset and your in your and you're just like phones you know what they th need to do they need to counterweight it because whenever you put it on it like definitely pulls your head down they need a counterweight on the back so it's just like a helmet like it's just fucking like another a 50 like, million yeah, dollar just idea a, just get a helmet you get this the speakers yeah, why don't built they just in? make it a helmet it's, right. you know, probably a whole thing. Claustrophobia, I imagine, plays a part of it. Anyway, we really fell off track a little bit. But yes, <laughs> if you guys have any thoughts 
about loot shooters if we miss anything or of course if we got anything wrong let us know give us a call 347-509-5620 talk to us about loot shooters moving on over to the indies so we're gonna do indie spotlight before we jump into our indie spotlight our indie spotlight this week is sponsored by evil tim industries who's releasing a new video game called the the beyond and the beyond is about a uh, you play a human uh, survivor of a catastrophic war and you live on the last fortress and the last fortress is surrounded by a vast desert of ancient enemies and dark forces and it's your job to protect the last fortress as you interact with all its npcs but you can only walk and once you go out into the desert you loot everything and all the loot gets better but there's no story but we slowly addict you to the game and then it becomes uh yeah i gotta pay for all these loot boxes and that's the beyond that was an evil tim ad read the beyond brought to you by (laughs) evil tim industries I think that's coming out soon. I, I heard, I've heard about this. I think I saw a trailer, or maybe it was another game. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know he was getting into the the game making business. Good for him. Thank yeah, you, Tim. I think, he's, I think Evil Tim Industries is is just going for the uh, loot box market with that game. Pure loot box. Smart move, to be honest. But yes, thank you, move. Tim, for your support. We really do appreciate it, buddy. Thank you, Tim. Well. Let's move into our indie spotlight. So who wants to go first? Why don't you go first? So I know which one you're talking about. Oh, well, I'm going to talk about one that I played at PAX. Okay. Which isn't out yet. Which I haven't written about yet, but I'll also write about it. And you'll see it on the website, plusoneplayer.com. And it is called Anu. Uh, It is probably coming to... And so I played a little bit of it. I talked to the developer... Uh, I talked to one of the developers. So it's a two-man te- team. The devs worked on Bioshock and Uncharted, which is very cool. And it's probably going to come to Steam at the end of this year or 2020, which is sort of right around the corner since we're already in April. And the things that I thought were really cool about it is that it's sort of in the style of a Metroid or a Hollow Knight in that you're controlling someone that is exploring. Uh, they described it as in that style as being open world, which I guess you could sort of characterize like Hollow Knight as open world, sort of. And you are like launched into space as a kid because like half the Earth is destroyed and you go to this moon like 20 light years away. So you're like a little astronaut um, and then you're exploring this entire planet. And so as you're exploring it, two things that I was playing that stood out to me well three things one was the art style i thought it was really interesting and unique one was the the music and then the last was like this sense of scale that they kept playing with which i thought was kind of cool and that you know like hollow knight is just fixed on mm-hmm. the character the little knight as you pl- as you play um in a new it sort of if if you come say you come across like a giant spaceship or the wreckage of a giant spaceship on the planet, it will zoom out to like show you the whole ship and you're like this tiny little person like running by. And I thought that was really cool visually. If you like come across 
uh, when I was playing or watching, there was a giant 50-eyed monster in the background that appeared. Same thing. It, like, zoomed out and you, uh, as you were, like, running, trying to get away from it. Just to, like, really give you the sense of scale that was happening, which I liked. And then um, there's also vehicles in it, too. So there's, like, different vehicles you can play with, sort of changing the the sense of speed as as you're going through and things like that which i thought were also unique and sort of fun to play with so i really like talking to the developer i think he said they're working on it for like four years now yeah it looks really polished so far so definitely i'll i'll pick that up and play it when it comes out uh like i said either later this year or, or next year so yeah look it up keep an eye out for it yeah, see, that's one of the like the bittersweet things about PAX is that you get to play like so many awesome games, but like a lot of them are like you know coming out either end of this year or beginning of next year. It's like man, like it's awesome to see. It's it's just actually crazy to me to see like how much work they put into you know getting it to be presentable at those types of cons, and then you find out it's like oh yeah, this is like a year away. And you're like Jesus, like it felt so good. It was so fluid, and it just made you you know want to play more. But hey it always gives us something to look forward to so we can start building up that indie hype like we talked about in coffee talk bringing the episode full circle (laughs) that's how pros do it it is a lot of callbacks a lot of callbacks matt what was the one you were going to mention um i was going to talk about a game that um we've actually been playing uh oh my god uh, why didn't i talk about this that's what i thought you were going to talk about um risk of rain 2 uh, mm-hmm. And it fits into our little uh, loot shooter discussion too. Yep. Yeah, because uh, it's a um, third person. It's a loot literally a loot shooter. shooter. Yeah, loot shooter <laughs> with uh, the uh, roguelike sort of gameplay. Oh, nice. So mm. what it is is um, you uh, start off. You pick a character. There's several different characters to pick from. It's still early access at the moment, so you can unlock characters by like doing certain achievements. But you don't, there's only like a couple right now to select from. So you pick your character and you kind of have your base abilities. You have like your shooting, secondary, some sort of like mobility, something, and then like a, a power ability. And that's all you have. And throughout all the levels you go through, there's they start sending enemies at you. And over time, like every five minutes, like it increases in difficulty. So more Ooh. enemies come, the enemies are stronger, do more damage, have more health. And like there's like more deadly like versions of them and so what you have to do is you have to go around the, each level you have to find like killing enemies gets you money so with the money you can open containers you can uh like activate drones and everything and these all give you different items like that it allows you to do more damage they give you like an extra ability charge and like so on and so forth and you can basically stack all of these items like infinitely, infinitely. basically yeah I mean, yeah yeah, yeah you That's can just wild. keep getting them so like by the fifth if you survive like to like the you know fourth level like your character is a borderline superhero because you have so many (laughs) items and abilities just like and it's hilarious because every time you get one it's basically just like strapped onto your character and like that's like a like a yeah all of them appear on your body so it's like you find like this thing it's like it's called like a lance or something and it's just like a big lance it's just like taped onto your shoulder <laughs> it's, it's really funny <laughs> it's so or you find like this adrenaline syringe and you just have like syringes just sticking out of your or leg. the mushrooms <laughs> jiggling on yeah. your shoulder or it's like you find like a like the bird and it's just like a bird sitting on your head yeah but like 
you just keep and then like you keep finding more and more you keep getting more and more loot you keep looting constantly and it's basically a race between getting loot making your character stronger and progressing to the next area because the longer you dally in one area the higher the bar goes and the more powerful the enemies get so it's like a race between getting through the areas but also looting as much as you can getting your character as powerful as you can and it's 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 it has such like a crazy insane insane variety of like weapons and enemies and power-ups and if you've ever played a game like serious sam you're mm. i guess like that it reminds me a lot of that in terms of the enemy variety because there's no like rhymer like reason it's like oh, really? there's like a giant like totem thing that shoots <laughs> spike balls. There's like lizard men. There's like imps and a giant robot and a jellyfish monster. It's just it's like it's <laughs> it's ludicrous. It's really fun and addicting. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. It really yeah, and that's I, that's the most important part is it's so simple, but that's mm-hmm. what makes it great. Like it really is insanely addicting. You just play for like like hours hours, hours and how like much even was when it? you die you said it was early access it's like 20 bucks it's right now 20 bucks not bad yeah. honestly it's worth it i've played it we've probably played about eight or so hours of it right now which like yeah it's worth it know, because like they're coming yeah and they're coming worth. out with more stuff like right now it's like there's not there's only four or five like maps that you kind of cycle through because like once you get to like the end of four it cycles back to the first map and it's just like oh you're back at the beginning uh, but I think they they're going to be including uh, more stuff. Yeah, they should have been in packs. That would have been a huge hit. It really, yeah. I feel like it's kind of a sleeper. I don't know. It has like, but it has I mean, like over. Yeah, it has, yeah, it has really good reviews. Insanely positive. But, like, I only I heard about it from packs, a friend. We just never would have known. Yeah, that's also so true. big. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> I haven't been hearing a lot about so it. So big. But I, I highly, highly recommend it. It's very fun, and I feel like it's only going to get better as like they release more stuff yeah. for it. Like new weapons, new characters, new maps and enemies. Yep. Yeah. I usually don't recommend purchasing early access games, but I'd definitely purchase this. Like I'd recommend purchasing it. Hey, what was the fun. what was the name of that again? Risk of Rain Two. Risk of Rain yeah. Two. There's yeah. a Risk of Rain One. Eh? There is actually. It's <laughs> the is. the premise is similar, but it's like a Metroidvania type uh, of right. thing where it's like pixel pixelated and it's a side scroller. So it's basically the same premise. Like you're in the map, but it's it's side scrolling instead of like three right. D like third nice. person sounds pretty awesome that's my that's game. pretty fun mm. good spotlight steven yes so i have two that are going to share the spotlight and um so one of them came out of pax east it was necrosphere so by the time this comes out the interview that i did with kyle lopez who was the game designer and one of the founders of cat Nagiri gaming we did an interview with him while we played a little bit of necrosphere fun platformer it's actually one of the cool things about it is like the uniqueness of the control scheme where it's literally just you use two buttons the entire time. Uh, to move left, you use the left directional pad and to move right, you use the A button on the switch controller. And then like as you, there's no jump at all. It's just moving left and right. In order to jump, you have to like hit the bubbles and like bounce up and actually like make your way through the different platforming levels. Eventually you do rank up, like you get like a quick dash and you you get like a rocket pack so you can like levitate and so that'll actually add to the strategy later on in the levels. The whole concept is, you know, you're like an FBI agent who gets killed and you get thrown into what's called the necrosphere and you have to try to basically like find your way mm. out of it. And so a lot of it is just kind of like almost like labyrinthian, like you have to like go through areas multiple times because 
you need to get the power up to go back to the area to, to now get to the new section of that particular spot that you couldn't get to before. So it kind of just keeps you going back to these environments, which are all pretty cool. There's a, there is a level of challenge there for sure, just like every other platformer. Like there's a precision that you need to kind of get down as well as timing. I'm having fun yeah. with it. It's just one of those things that I can pick up, play like an hour or two and just like advance through the different levels. Sometimes you get hung up on a certain area just because we're trying to figure out like what's the best way to navigate through these different fireballs that'll blast me into oblivion. And so it's been a lot of fun. I, I've been enjoying it. It was really cheap too. When I got it, I can't remember if it was on sale, but when I got it in the eShop, it was like seven fifty. So really worth it, I think. Um, it'll probably take you a few hours, depending on your skill level, to fully play through it. But I think it's a it's a good time. And like I said, go onto the YouTube or our website and find our interview with Kyle Lopez. He was a great guy. Great chatting with him. And so the other one, I actually wrote a review on this one on plusoneplayer.com slash read. This one was Overwhelm. Overwhelm was a lot of fun. So it was made by Rory O'Sullivan, excuse me, and uh, published by Alliance. This actually came out for Steam on uh, Mac and PC back in June of 2018, but it released today, April 4th, on the Switch. And on the Switch, it actually added a co-op mode, which was <laughs> very welcome because the whole premise of Overwhelm mm is it's one-shot kill for you. So the enemies, if you get touched by one, if they shoot you with something, or if they hit you at all, you die. And what you have to do is you go into this hive of enemies, and you have to collect five crystals, all that are held by individual bosses. And all the bosses are different. There's one that's like, it's called like the skull bats, like he flies. There's one that's like a bug. There's one that's like a giant squid. That fucking squid took forever to beat. He was a real challenge for me. <laughs> but, um... It's one-shot kills, and then you get three lives for each run-through. So, like, if you die twice, it flashes on the screen last chance, and, like, the screen actually kind of, like, closes in a little bit, which limits your vision, like, on the outer edges. So it just, like, really adds to the tension. And I usually don't like games like that. Like, we just talked about in Coffee Talk, I'm not really, like, a From Software guy, so I don't like a lot of these, like, punishing, like, you're going to die a fuckload type games. But it's something about these kind of 2D scrollers that appealed to me. Like, I loved Celeste, even though I died a bunch. But yeah. I also enjoyed the shit out of this game. Like, no matter how many times I was getting killed, like, no matter how many times I was on my last life and I knew I was, like, two bullets away from killing an enemy and they got me, I just kept wanting to go back down into the hive and, like, trying to succeed. Because you need to mm. get all five crystals, like without dying completely on a run-through. And so when you beat a boss, it resets your death counter. But then again, you have to like get the crystal, hold on to it, or like get it to your little area where you can, you know, set it down. But if you say you set down four out of the five crystals, if you die three times trying to get that fifth crystal, you now have to start over and get them all again. So uh. there's a lot of repetition for sure, depending on your skill level. But they do give you some some good accessibility features. Like you can customize it if you wanted to make it so you had infinite lives. You can do that. If you want to make it so you have infinite ammo, if you want to have aim assist on, you can do that as well. So you can kind of tailor it. Like if you just want to kind of play through and you know you're getting your ass kicked and <laughs> you're just not going to be able to do it, that's fine. They give you the choice. You ha you're welcome to customize it to your, your liking. Co-op mode's cool though because, like I said, since it's one-shot death, you can revive each other. So that's huge. Like as long as you're kind mm. of keeping an eye on the enemies and making sure you're not going to get hit, if you revive them, then that saves that death for you. It's local co-op only. So just want to throw that out there. There's no online oh, multiplayer, right. but it's really a fun game to play with a friend because like I said, it's super tense, like sweaty palms, like heart rate, just rising. I had a great time with it. 
and uh, I'm looking forward to trying to sucker in some new friends to play that as well. So yeah, all all good indie games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a solid yeah. indie spotlight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're playing any fun indie games, you should call us and tell us. Yeah, you should. Give us a call at 347-509-5620. Let us know indie games you're currently playing. But I do think, because we don't nice. have any voicemails, so I do think it might be time to wind down episode 74. What do you think? Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. So it is time to wind down episode 74. And so if you've enjoyed this or any other episode, go on whatever podcast service you listen to us on, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, whatever it is, give us a like, leave us a review, subscribe to us. It goes a long way, and we appreciate the support. And, of course, if you've enjoyed this or anything else we produce, head on over to patreon.com slash plus one player. And if you're feeling generous, throw us a buck or two, because every dollar you give us will go right back to the show to make it the best podcast it could possibly be. Like I mentioned, we have a rad group of supporters, and we'd love it if you would join that group. And so we do wind down episode 74. We hope that you have enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed making it for you. And as always, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, we appreciate you. And we will talk to you all very soon. Wow, you don't care Cade's dead? Guess Cade's what? Dead. Me neither, because Aldrin <laughs> killed him. I didn't care that Good. Aldrin died. <laughs> uh, uh, he's back, bitch. Back. It's I'm Aldrin, gonna, bitch. I'm going to find out more about that. Dun, 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 dun,